Hi, and welcome to another episode of Modern Health with Dr. Jane. Today, I'm excited to welcome back Dr. Michael Pendleton. So I had Dr. Michael, good friend, a colleague of mine who I interviewed, probably one of the first guests I had on Modern Health. And I'm excited to have him back because you guys have absolutely loved the episode. If you haven't heard it because you're new, please go back. It is one of the first episodes that we talk about brain health, neuro- neurological health, what, why it's so important, what we can do about it. So today it's a continuation. Dr. Michael Pendleton is a chiropractic physician. He's practicing in Albuquerque. He owns, he owns his own neurological rehabilitation clinic that specializes in traumatic brain injuries and acquired brain injuries from children to adults. Michael, welcome back. Thank you, Jane. I love your accent. I love the way you said Albuquerque. (laughs) Albuquerque. Yeah. I don't even notice it. It's such a Canadian accent. That's what I love about you. It's like Canadian slash Russian mixed in there. And then some people think it's French. So (laughs) whatever it is, there's some words that I'm like, I hear the accent. I'm not sure why I'm saying it like that, but I can't help it. (laughs) It's cute. And and thank you for having me on again. Of course. I'm really excited. I have some questions from the audience from the past one. And then I know you have some really interesting cases that you want to share as well with the audience. So if you're okay with it, let's jump into some of the stuff that my people really want to know about. And then we can talk about some stuff that you're, you're really diving into deep into research. Cool. Fire away, homie. Yeah. So the first one is actually what I'm seeing is um, why is brain health like neurological health? How is it important for fertility? How is it tied in to infertility? If you will, is there a connection? Is there, because most of my patients who have any symptoms with neurological, so whether it's depression, anxiety, ADHD, or something a little bit more severe, like they're recovering post-concussion, is this really impacting because their doctor is telling them that it's not? And I'm pretty sure that it is. Yeah, I think it totally is. You know, if you just start simply, if there's been a, if you think of a traumatic brain injury or a concussion, you can have injury to the pituitary gland. Mm-hmm. That injury to the pituitary gland can can affect its output. And our, you know, the, the pituitary gland, as you know, and you may have discussed this with your clientele, that's our master gland. And it it produces all the hormones. And so you can have really changes in a, a woman's or um a, a woman's hormonal system or menstrual period. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we see people, especially young girls, go weeks, I'm sorry, excuse me, months sometimes almost a year without a menstrual period because you've had such a, a concussion. But when you look at it on another end and you look at these acquired brain injuries and people are just really ill and you know we're seeing, which is weird down here in New Mexico, we're in the desert or the high desert. So you know our average humidity is eight to 15%. It's dry. And the people say, like, how can you have mold down there in the desert? Well, anywhere there's water, you can have mold. And, you know, the biggest thing is in showers, it's uh, leaky roofs. We still have rain and snow down here. Uh, urine on the carpet from an animal, so many different things. So you kind of look at those things. But what happens is when you, that brain, especially is not working correctly, and the brain runs your autonomic nervous system and the limbic system. So Which the is your emotions, right? Exactly, our emotions. And you, you were talking about anxiety and depression, common symptoms of brain injuries again both acquired and traumatic it like why am i like this i I was never like this before 
So as you know, that ramps up their autonomic nervous system. And what we're seeing is a lot of changes in their either sympathetic nervous system and their parasympathetic nervous system work. Simply put, sympathetic is your fight or flight. Parasympathetic is rest, repair, digest. And you kind of want those in balance. And you really can't, one doesn't work without the other is what people think. And you got to stimulate them and work them properly. Yes. And so how many people would you say are in fight or flight that you come across, Jane? 90% to 99. <laughs> 90, 90 to 99%. Uh, yeah. I get into but like, it. honestly, I don't think people, I think now it's the problem is like people know that they're in fight or flight, but because they're in fight or flight for so long, mm -hmm. you, you don't know how to get out of it. And so Correct. you're stuck in this state, even if you're trying to get out of it, Correct. you know? And so I, I say it's, everyone is stuck in that fight or flight, yes. whether they know it or not, because it's physiological stress or psychological stress mm -hmm. that they might not be aware of. And essentially it's like, are you trying to get out of that state? Are you trying to heal or are you not? And that's, I think is the only difference that I see that everyone is stuck that I see, but yeah. some are really working hard on trying to get into that parasympathetic state versus like, they're not, they're not even aware that that's right. a thing. And I agree with you. The, especially the women I've talked to with that, some of them, they know that every vagal stimulation exercise out there, that vagus nervous, the parasympathetics, uh, they're doing everything to turn down the, the, the sympathetics. And then there's the people, like you said, who have just no clue of what's going on with this. And um, I also think when people are working so hard on that vagus nerve, they become so wound up with it. <laughs> yeah. And they think yeah, it's like so hard. It makes them that much more anxious that they can't control it. Yes. And um, I, I saw an incredible social media post. I'll, I'll have to find it here. Um, somebody shared it with me about um, how social media is literally causing mental health disorders. To oh my goodness! Yeah. Especially in young kids, right? Like in young girls, yeah, who are our future, who, who are going to be bearing fruit, and hopefully yep. good fruit. Out there, fruit yeah. as in children who are productive, totally. <laughs> productive healthy. society, healthy, 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 healthy children. Yeah. yeah, and not with neurodevelopmental problems or with other issues uh, that oh, I, I could just kind of continue and go on and on with it. Mm -hmm. So, but long story short, it very much impacts because the brain governs basically every action in the body. Correct. So there's no way. What about for males? So I see a lot of males with mm. concussions mm -hmm. because usually they're the ones that have played or are still playing contact sports. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is something that's really just like brushed off, like, oh, toughen up or, you know, you're fine, get up. Whereas in reality, they've suffered some pretty serious brain damage and then they just take time off the ice. But that's it when it comes to the healing yes. journey, right? It Yep. And that's it's so cute that you say take time off the ice. Such, that's a Canadian type of thing. Yeah, I know it is very <laughs> we much. Don't say that down here we have States. a ring. Yeah. We have a ring like two minutes away. And I'm like, this is the most Canadian thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Just people skate all the time with their hockey jerseys on. <laughs> Love it. And I'm a huge hockey fan. I am a Chicago Blackhawks fan because I was born and raised in Chicago mm -hmm. for a few years. So um, yeah, I love hockey. Best live sport to watch. Yes, but totally. Back to these males, you know, yeah, there's that macho attitude. And again, men can have anxiety 
and depression issues. And they're coming out more, but you know, men can also, you know, they hide stuff. But like I said, they can be sick. Mold can affect a man, Lyme can affect a man, um, viral loads, toxic loads, too much of the organophosphates, you know, glyphosphates, all the stuff that that you may have talked about, they're they're just a, as much at a risk as a as a woman. And if especially when you look at those acquired type of brain injuries, those toxicities, if a man and a woman both have those issues, that chance of fertility is going to decrease, wouldn't you say? Uh, totally. Yeah. yeah. And then what I worry about is that epigenetic expression. What is that offspring going to, going to get from them? And yeah. are they already at a, a, a neurological developmental minus? Then, disadvantage. Yeah, disadvantage than what, what a, a normal, I hate to say normal, but child without yeah. those types of issues. Yep. And it's around us freaking everywhere when you look at all these toxicities. Mm-hmm. Yep. So men definitely need to be checked out on that. And I think they should. Uh, you know, here's an example. It kind of, it doesn't really go with infertility, but it shows how stubborn men can be. <sighs> it was a, a new patient I had yesterday. The His wife is a patient. She's like, my husband has got some forgetful about stuff. And he goes, and our biggest thing is we've already moved his mother in with us because her Alzheimer's is so bad. And I'm worried about him going that down that route. And I'm like, sure, I'll be glad to see him. And so basically he comes in, he's kind of mad that he's, I don't know why I'm here. So as we kind of go along and I'm used to this stuff, you know, I can get him, I call I can break him with it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, totally. So ends up, you know, she's in there with us and, and he's diabetic, type two diabetes. He has severe diabetic neuropathy. And so that's a, a pain and numbness in his feet. So yep. it takes 900 milligrams of gabapentin a day. The showman's 50, 50 years old. He's probably mm-hmm. about 80 pounds overweight. Uh, and so he has to take this drug to take the pain, the needle-like nerve pain in his feet down to, to us down to a one or two. So, all right. He doesn't deal with the neuropathy though in any way. He's just not feeling the pain. I told him that. Yeah, he goes, yeah, I know. Again, just that very defensive yep. posture. Blood pressure, uh, what was it? 170 over 110. I'm like, your blood pressure is outrageous. Yeah, I take I take this and this for it. And I when I take it home, it's fine. I'm like, well, you got to keep an eye on this thing because that's crazy high. So, all right, he's diabetic. He's got a high blood pressure. So I go, how are your lipids? Oh, I'm, they're fine. I go, you take statins? I go, yeah, I take two different types of statins. You know, statins are the drugs that lower your lipid levels. So now he has hyperlipidemia is the term which is high fats in there. High cholesterol, so he has yeah. metabolic syndrome. And so the examination goes on and I touch his, I'm touching his toes one at a time to see, all right, which toe am I touching? So I have my toe on his, on his excuse me, I have my finger on his second toe of his right foot. I go, which toe am I touching? He goes, just silent. And he goes, are you touching anything? I'm like, yeah. And I actually, it's kind of, I kind of wiggled it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's my right foot, I think. Then I did it to his left, you know, it, yeah. it was incredible. And I went up, up his leg and he then finally about mid, just above his ankles, he could start feeling where I was touching pretty fast. Man, this guy's 50 with mm-hmm. it. And so what am I going this with for, for our listeners is you've got to take freaking care of yourself. And now he's passed. And I don't think they even have children. They, I didn't really go into detail with it. Yeah, totally. He's in such denial. And 
my our testing that we looked at with oculomotor testing and his balance was horrible but his balance is horrible because mm-hmm. he doesn't even know where his feet are at in space of course, so he yeah, has of to course. Use, how would he know yeah yeah so he has to use his visual system and the vestibular system the inner ear because his proprioceptive system the information from his feet and his body is is already so low that i'm like you could fall and have a concussion and i go Number one, I go, I can help you, but you've got to help yourself. You've got to. You're going to want to help. Yeah. And, you know, the wife's like, are you listening to him? And he's like, yeah. It's it's sad. It's mind boggling sometimes that yes. he just didn't really care. And, and I'm like, you, do you understand? You're, I go, you have type three diabetes. That's Alzheimer's. It's already starting. Your tests are showing a little bit of it. It's not clinical yet, but if your feet are that bad, what's going on with the blood supply to your brain blood supply to your body you know those important reproductive organs to your eyes to your all the different things so that's that was another big eye-opener that that we saw this week about um, yeah i mean i think it's the system right like the system is pretty well designed where Mm -hmm. it's easier to keep living that life than to do something about it right Let's give you high blood pressure medication, statins, and um, metformin for your diabetes. Nobody's ever talked about diet. You know, oh yeah, you should lose some weight. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm like, I can help you if you want to really do this. Yeah. 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 And, and, I, and I can see the wife, she becomes very frustrated because she's concerned for her husband. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot, I think women are like that. They, they actually worry more about their husband. Sometimes they worry about themselves. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that. I actually have a podcast episode that I wrote down about how to get your husband or I recorded that, how to get your partner on board with Mm -hmm. your fertility journey. But I think truthfully, it's like how to get your partner on board as, for example, you as a female decided that you want to get healthier. If your partner isn't on board, you're going to go, you're going to start growing in very separate directions. Right. And it's going to be hard to you're prioritizing going to bed, you're prioritizing going to the gym, you're getting very different foods, you know, you're cooking for yourself. And so there is the concern. But I think it's important for women to express the why it's so important for them for the husbands to take care of themselves, right? Because truthfully, you're just like, you need to do this, because you're lazy in this and whatever, whatever the reason is. But at the end of the day, I find it's because women feel unsupported. Mm -hmm. They're scared. They're scared to be alone. And if the partner, and the partner, a lot of the times doesn't really understand that. And then if you express that and the partner is like, uh, you know, sorry, you feel that way. I'm not willing to change. Then it's a whole different conversation, right? Then it's like, oh, is this really where I want to be going? You know, and that's tough. And and I said, last thing I said to him, I go, listen, if you don't do this for yourself, Look at your wife there who is concerned for you. Do it for her. Yeah, totally. She already, she already sees what your mother's like and she doesn't mm-hmm. want to take care of you. And I go, it will happen sooner than later. Totally. And we're yeah. seeing it a lot younger now, right? We're seeing Ooh. a lot like yeah. Alzheimer's yeah. used to be 80 and now you're seeing 50s, that development. You are seeing it in the 50s. Yeah. And if you even, when we look at some of our um, multiple concussion patients, especially and I mean, I've had teenage girls that have had seven concussions by the time yeah. they're 17 or 18. Well, that's crazy. Seeing on our testing, I'm like, man, this person is slow. Their eye movement, looking fast to the right, 
or the left or up and down. Just as like, man, I see this and I tell them, I go, you look like an, if I saw that, I didn't know who you were. I would say that's a, probably a 70, 80 year old person doing that exercise, doing mm-hmm. that exam because it's slow. Yeah. So it's, it's frightening. And it, you're right. It is having younger and younger. Yeah, that's so. I mean, let's talk about what is it because the thing that I see a lot is there's no treatment, just give it rest. But in reality, there's lots of things that you can do. Are you to, talking about after a concussion or? Yeah, like let's talk about after concussion first in general because that's. I mean, how do you? What's the capacity of the brain to heal first of all, right? Because again, people really think that once you have something like Alzheimer's, you can't reverse it, or it's just this you you it's bad luck gene, mm-hmm. you know, where in reality, what you're saying is we're seeing that development 50 years before it actually occurs. Right. And the older you get, the more you see it. So what's the capacity of the brain to heal? And what should we be really doing when we experience a traumatic brain injury, like a concussion? So when we look at the research and literature out there, the ability of the brain to heal is incredible. And, mm-hmm. you know, most people recover from a, especially a, a mild traumatic injury, a little a, a knock to the head, maybe a very short run loss of consciousness, less than 30 seconds. You know, those things kind of resolve, but it's, it's when there's multiple ones, you know, in a very short amount of time, or um, there's a multiple over a, a long period of time, but they add up. And I forgot where I was going with that, with that answer. Remind with, me of that. With a brain injury. Yeah, I know you're having a brain fart. <laughs> Completely did. Like, where yeah. was I going with this? You were just talking about the, I mean, question. my question is oh, like oh, yes. the capacity of the yeah. brain to heal. Capacity brain. So what are the, what's the things that you can do to help something once you have a concussion that's not resolving within five to, oh, 14, 21 days. So, you know, from a week to three weeks, if it's not healing. The research says you don't rest and do nothing. You've got to start to exercise. And exercise at a very low rate. Don't go out and do sprints. Get on an exercise. I tell, I tell everybody, start getting on an exercise bike. Mm-hmm. And then start getting your heart rate up there. Get a little bit of a sweat going, but still be able to talk to somebody. You know, if, if you're getting going so fast and you can barely hold a conversation, then you're getting into what we call an anaerobic threshold. I want to keep you completely anaerobic. But again, the literature re- supports this. You need to do this. Yeah. And we're talking within two to three days of a concussion. Yeah, because you want to increase blood flow, right? Is that what's the main? You want to perfuse the brain with it. Mm -hmm. And that's what the literature is showing out there. And you look at a lot of the sports concussion work. They're like, yeah, we don't put people in this, take them off. You take them out of of hitting their head, but you got to get back exercising. And you got to kind of get them back into school and using their brain a little bit, a little bit. But if if the brain's not healing correctly, you can't push it. So Mm -hmm. it's a fine line. You got to really pay attention to your symptoms. If you're doing a little schoolwork or you're reading and you're like, I just can't do this and giving me a headache and I'm getting emotional, I'm getting pissed off, irritable, brain fog, cut back a little bit with it. And then most importantly, if it's in three weeks, two, three weeks, it's not going better, get it checked out. I get it by a qualified person who can help you with that. And that goes yeah, for not both. a general practitioner yeah. who's just going to say like, keep resting, but someone who is yeah. qualified in like brain Correct. Neurological health, essentially. Male, and this is male or female across the board. It's not, oh, just men need to do this. This is women also. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's just encouraging to hear. I think it's important for people to hear that your brain is like very much 
able to heal it versus like once your cells, your neurological cells die, then that's it. There's nothing you can do to replenish, right? Like, right. It, like, that's not true. You take it back to the Alzheimer's research, some of the Parkinson's research. There is some research out there that should, you can reverse Alzheimer's, but it is work. And it, that work mm-hmm. is a very strict diet, trying to become an, a, almost a ketogenic diet, get into ketosis. Yep. There's a lot of supplements. It is a lot. There's no alcohol. There's no sugar. You're gluten-free. It is a very large. You're like exercising. Yeah. You're avoiding toxins. You're drinking filtered water. You're eating organic food. Exactly. Like, all that stuff. Yeah. And people are like, oh, I don't know if I want to do all that stuff. I'm like, you don't have to, but you're not going to get any better. Totally. And sometimes you can't put that dollar amount on your health. Mm-hmm. You, know, you put a dollar amount on your health, like you're not going to get better. Cause it's, yep. it's, and it's not like you do this. In I'll spend this much, but then as soon as it's a, that's it, then yeah. I'm done. It's like giving up on yourself essentially. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I had a patient this morning and then love her. She's been patient for close to 30 years. And what she has told me, she's put into her dogs for their health care, <laughs> And she's like, I'm running out of money for myself. And then she's put like $15,000 into health of this dog. That yeah. was astray, and um, she was very close to putting it down. But I mean, I think some people put more into their animals than they put into themselves. Totally. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's a lot of it is like I don't. There, there's a couple things that I face with that as well. It's you either think that you are not going to follow through with it, you don't believe that it's going to work for you, or you don't think that you're worth it. You know, it's like you just like there's no, I'm not worth this much, but yeah. my dog is. You know. And that's, that's a deeper, that's a deeper psychological mm-hmm. issue. Absolutely. I mean, you're, you're the only investment that you should be making, you know, because <laughs> everything else, it's like, you are the purpose. You are the purpose mm-hmm. of life. You, you want to have a good experience on this planet this time around, then, you know, no one else is going to do that for you except you. So um, thank you for touching on that because that is an important, uh, important topic. What I, the other thing that I want to talk to you about is this word you're throwing around is epigenetics. And what I see in the fertility space, I mean, my patients in general, like they're not just looking to get pregnant. They want to have a healthy pregnancy and they want to have a healthy baby and they're want to have a healthy child. And what we're seeing a lot is this increase in neurological disorders in kids, right? We're seeing a lot more ADHD, OCD, pandas, like all of these diseases, if you will, that we didn't see with kids before. What's the connection with neurological health for this child and, you know, the health of the parents, if you will. And like, you know, explain the epigenetics a little bit more for those of us who are new to it. So we all have genes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I think our listeners understand that, but our genes can also express themselves as in they can show something or they can actually hide something. In mm-hmm. our body. So you have a mother and a father who give us give a child their genes. Then those genes can be turned on or turned off. And what we're finding and seeing again in the literature is that these genes, some of these genes are being turned on that shouldn't be turned on. And those are the genes that lead to neurodevelopmental disorders. And that is autism, like you said, a ADHD. Uh Downs can put it, syndrome can put it in there. So many different type of issues. And what we're finding them, usually they're coming from toxic loads. And those toxic loads can come, as we discussed early, can be psychological, mm-hmm. emotional, which is 
anxiety and depression. You also have all your toxic side of it, uh, which we stressed earlier, mold. We have uh, infections, Lyme, environmental toxins, pollution, bad water, all the plastics in the pla that we get, the BPAs from water. Just we're not healthy as good as we used to be. And mm -hmm. you go down, bottom line is shitty diet. And people are obese. Which is a big toxic exposure yeah. as well, right? Because your it, diet is now full of food colorings, glyphosate, so herbicides, right. pesticides, and even like plastics and whatever. Right. And adipose tissue holds that. Yeah. That, that holds that in your body. And there's research that says there's higher chances of having an autistic child for an obese woman compared to women who's at normal, normal weight. That that's that I mean to me that that's lose weight, be be healthy again. So mm -hmm. Uh, it's it's pretty incredible. So I hope that kind of answered that question about the epigenetics. Mm -hmm. Because yes, if, it did. if you can take those toxic things away, and we do that, you and I, with we do urine tests, we do blood tests, we do saliva stool testing, test. things, stool tests to see, hey, this person's full of it. And like literally full of it. They're full of mold and things like that. You got to clean them out before, ideally before having a child. Mm -hmm. uh, be Go in being as healthy as you can and then that you have a better chance for a, a better epigenetic expression for that child to grow normal. And I, I hate to use normal, but to grow without any issues and be totally. yeah, productive healthy. in society. Because when you look at the numbers with autism spectrum and ADHD, some of these children never become productive adults. They still live at home. They can't hold a job. Um, and that's, it, it's not fair to them mm -hmm. and their families with it. And it's, and it's hugely stressful. And you go back and, to this emotional It's a component. huge financial expense. Yeah. It's a huge stress, We've like on watched, the relationship, family. Yeah. yeah, watch adults, you know, that have an autistic child and sometimes a severely autistic child, they just go separate directions because they have different philosophies. And 90% of the time, it's the mother is the nurturer totally. on that. So uh, I hope that answered that question. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's just really outlining the importance of getting healthy before you get pregnant and understanding mm -hmm. that we actually have a lot more control of the, not just your fertility journey, but the outcome. Right. Because, right, again, yeah, there's there's no guarantee in the space. And sometimes it feels like it's just a crapshoot, but in reality, it really isn't. You know, there's markers, like you said, obesity is one for autism. Is there another thing that you see in research that if you have this, then you're much more likely to have autism or autistic obes child. obesity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When you go back and you look at somebody having uh, diabetes, mm -hmm. uh, if the mother has pre-existing mental health issues, um, there's stuff with Tylenol taken um, during birth. And there's pluses and minus or, or yes, this is true. No, it's not. So it, it, you look back at, again, toxins, especially or glyphosates or organophosphates, things, you know, Roundup, that they're showing that. And you look at what's on TV. Hey, do you have an autistic child? Did you, were you exposed to Roundup? But there's a lawsuit going on through that. So it's out really, there. I mean, obviously, there's people suing because of, of these things that are happening mm -hmm. to the children. Yeah. That's amazing. That's incredible. I didn't realize that, but that's yeah, very powerful. I don't know if you get those in Canada, those, those 
infomercials that are on in the middle of the night. And, <laughs> yeah, I don't watch TV, but maybe, maybe yeah, no, I don't watch TV. Literally <laughs> all over here in the states. Yeah, yeah. My wife just said she saw one today. Yeah, or, okay. Or, yeah, it is more a more of a states thing, I think for sure as well. But yeah, we're uh, a legitimate society down here. Yeah, and I mean, tell me what is kind of one of the best things that someone can do for their neurological health? Simple. Freaking exercise. Yeah. Yeah. You got to exercise because not only for your neurological health, that's going to help your metabolic health. Mm -hmm. It's going to make your hormonal health. Yep. It's going to help your psychological health. Yes. And all those things, you know, we've talked neurological health. You can't have neurological health without metabolic health. It's all intertwined. So yep. simply put, I would say you've got to exercise and don't get fat. You just can't. Obesity rates are almost close to 60% now. 60% of our society is obese. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and it's it's getting worse. Mm -hmm. And what is, when we look at, you know, we're talking at the beginning with children and, and fertility, yeah. what is the long run is Alzheimer's and this dementia. And what are they calling Alzheimer's? Type three diabetes. Diabetes, diabetes of your brain. Yeah. Now, is there a particular type of exercise that you're recommending? I like it all. I like aerobic and anaerobic, which I, I said really fast, aerobic and anaerobic. Weightlifting yeah. is incredible because as that builds over, but you got to mix it with some aerobic. That That's what I do. I find the best. I get a such a great stress relief when I exercise. Mm -hmm. And when I don't, I'm, I get, I get a little antsy. Yep. So that, and I would say drink clean water. Mm -hmm. clean water, distilled water, or uh, I have a reverse osmosis system at my office and have a reverse osmosis system in my home. And yep. we cook and uh, drink, drink reverse osmosis water. Now, now I bathe in regular water. We don't have a whole house system of that. I'd like to, yep. but that is pretty extremely uh, expensive. Yeah, it's a but bigger investment for sure. Simple. One of my patients, I'm like, you got to get away from all those. Like, I just drink plastic bottles. I'm drinking healthy. I'm like, oh no. They're like, well, I don't know what's safer to drink tap water or to drink all this plastic. And I'm like, honestly, the tap water might be better. But I go, <laughs> why don't you get a, a reverse osmosis system? And they're like, oh, that place up on one of the roads up here in Albuquerque. And I'm like, yeah, I get my big bottles from there when I want to. I'm like, go, go ask them. I go, oh, that unit that I just showed you under my sink at my office, $300. They're like, that's it. I'm like, that's it. And they're like, and I can have clean water all the time. I go, you just gotta clean out the filters every, you know, four to six months, make sure they're yeah, clean. Yeah. They're like, I never even realized that. And I'm like, people just under understand those things. Exercise, okay. clean water. Yep. Yeah. What do you say to someone who's like, I don't have energy to exercise, you know, and they feel tired? It's tough because uh, first thing I, I want to tell them is buck up. Cause you'll feel better. Cause I've been there. I'm like, I don't want to go to the gym. Yeah. Like I, I know I'm, I'm a little tired now and I have a haircut coming here in a few, little bit and I'm trying to go to the gym right afterwards. And I could easily, hmm, it's Friday afternoon. I could take a nap. <laughs> it's totally. cloudy here. It's supposed to snow a little bit and rain. It's that, you know, that perfect time. But I know when I get it done, I'll feel better. Totally. Yeah. And you don't have to go and kill yourself. Go out and do a two mile walk. Get on the totally. treadmill. Do that. You, I can almost guarantee you're going to feel better because yep. everybody does because you release so many good endorphins in your body. You yep. bring down your stress levels. You burn that cortisol. 
cortisol right is inflammatory. You, you de-inflame yourself with exercise. And again, moderate, good exercise. You can't go crazy if you, if nobody's, if you haven't exercised in a long time, don't go and, you know, run a 5k because you'll kill yourself. Yeah. I mean, what I'm hearing is because a lot of, it depends on what background you're coming from. Like if you're coming from an athletic background, you're just like, oh, exercise means I have to do an hour and a half at the gym and I have to lift weights and I have to do all this. And it's no, you really don't like walking is a form of exercise and moving yeah. your body, but starting with doing some air squats and some, you know, wall push-ups, if that's what you're starting at, it doesn't matter. You know, at the exactly. end of the day, it's like, you just got to move the body. It, 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 bottom line is you got to move. You, yep. can't, you can't be still yeah yep. the body and i mean brain, i like what you said buckle yeah. like that you need to do that yeah, that's quit making it. excuses yeah quit making it's excuses. all up to you yeah um, totally yeah it's just it, it just move and what, going back to that mental health when we don't move our brain goes soft mm-hmm. so it's like our muscles go soft or your brain goes soft we lose yeah. muscle tone within 40 hours of doing nothing i think I don't know the numbers in the brain, but I would guess the brain starts to lose neurons within 40 hours of doing nothing. That mitochondria can't be stimulated to produce more ATP to get things in your body. And ATP is our energy source for our listeners. So when we eat food, drink things, and those calories break down, they make us ATP. That's our gasoline. And our mitochondria make that. And in the largest amount of population of, of mitochondria are in our brain, yep, in our nervous tissue. And the second amount is in the heart. So you've got to do, take care of your mitochondria and simply put hydration, <laughs> good, clean hydration and movement. Get your body oxygenating, making your mitochondria work. Yep, totally. And then a little bit more advanced things that you can do if you have good clean uh, water source and you are moving, what are a couple things that are, you know, for the advanced listeners who are already doing that? Well, you and I love Solcor. It's a, mm-hmm. a, a supplement product. I love the BC ATP from them. I love mm-hmm. uh, uh, the BC uh, minerals. Mm-hmm. They used to have hydroxygen. We'll have that back at some time. But really, you, when you look at the research behind them and their sciences, that, that, that BC minerals, the BT, BC ATP, really help you make that mitochondria in our office we use a lot of hyperbaric oxygen therapy Mm. uh, especially with our mold cases the mold really attacks your mitochondria and that's why so many people have such brain or neurological issues with mold is because your mitochondria can't work and again like i said earlier the highest population something like by nine fold or in the brain compared to the next closest thing which was the heart yeah. Um, and then and the, the ovaries in the sperm are really high as yeah, well. Very much so, especially when you're when you're younger. So yep. you we use hyperbaric oxygen also to get that going again. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to really make sure the hormones are intact. You know, you see hormonal changes all the time. Too much estrogen, too little progesterone, too little testosterone, both in males and in females is another yep. thing that, that you, you'll see with that. You'll see with brain function issues? uh with mold or, or the mitochondria oh. not working correctly yes so yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Ask, you know i use mold and i use those products and then really it, it's really getting them out and moving make the right make your atp and take away those things that rob your mitochondria sugar numero uno is sugar 
Yep. Then you go into dairies, you go into gluten, those things, food allergies can also just rob us of, yep. of energy. And when you look at a brain injury now, and now I'm going a little more advanced, but if somebody has problems with cognition and eye tracking, and I watch a person's eye track, I see their eyes just moving simply right and left or up and down and following an object, and their eyes are literally just going crazy all over the place. They don't even know what's happening, but they're like, they have bored vision. That is yep. muscles firing that shouldn't be firing, and that takes ATP yep. to do that. And so they're they're like, no wonder I'm so tired because you, and you, I've seen some crazy stuff, you know, that I, I hope to present sometime at Soulcore with some of my findings with a, a mold patient and how horrible her eyes were, and she worked as a vet tech and to look through microscopes and do surgeries with the things on, and she would show, she literally have to lay her head over to the side. All the way her right ear to the side to look through the microscope to see to see clearly. I'm like, yeah. that's not right. But <laughs> we cleaned the mold out of her, and then we did some neurological rehabilitation and had great results until she found out where she worked had black mold, had black, and it just came yeah. through the ceiling one day and it fell through and it just set her back. So that's an example of, of a mold case. Yeah, and so the brain to sum it up as we finish, I mean, mitochondria health is really what it's coming down to. Bottom line. Yeah, bottom line. And so mitochondria is getting impacted by environmental toxins like mold, glyphosate, pesticides, herbicides, plastics, viruses, parasites, lime. Yeah, sugar, you said. Yeah. And so it's really revamping and And decreasing the load. Yeah, so our immune system can't work as good as it can. Our nervous system can't work. Our hormonal system can't work properly because it doesn't have the fuel to work. Mm-hmm. So everybody's, I'm tired. I'm like, yeah, I'm tired too, but I freaking make myself do it and you, you'll feel better. Yep. And again, that's very easy to say to me because I can do that stuff, but you're right. Some of our listeners can't have nothing. Well, start with the water. Start yep. with a little exercise. Get yourself checked out. You know, figure out no, why no. you have such issues. And once you have an answer, a lot of times, that little light in your head goes on, but that little light in your head is also your frontal lobe firing into your limbic system and saying, there's light at the end of the tunnel. I have a reason. I'm yep. not going to have to live like this. Yes. That's huge. Yeah. That's Amen. huge. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. We should end it on that. Is there anything else that you want to um, add as a last, last tidbit before I let you go? No, I would say uh, listeners, if you want to go on Spotify, we have uh, our spot, podcast, our podcast on Spotify is called Brain Health Matters, which we're going to have Jane on as a guest here soon. Um, and we try to give gems of you know, what we see in the office and what every podcast is, what can that person leave with to make their brain better? And I will say there's a lot of repetition because we talked about it today is diet, yes. get moving, drink your water, positive attitude. You got to have a positive attitude. I mean, that's probably the most important thing when you leave here is don't be on social media. Nice thoughts. Those good thoughts translate into good things. Bad thoughts translate into bad things. So totally. yeah. That's yeah, getting control of the mind is a big, is a big component of, I mean, it's mental, physical, and emotional, right? So it it's is. really addressing all of those three. Um, thank you, Michael, for being here and for, you know, dropping some truth bombs and <laughs> dropping some good knowledge. And please check out the podcast, Brain Health Matters. I'm looking forward to being a guest, but honestly, I'm also looking forward to listening to some of your case studies because I know they're fascinating. Yeah. And Jane, you're awesome. You're <laughs> thank friend. you. 
<laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. Honestly, thank if you, you work friend. with Dr. Jane, she is, uh, I can tell you, 100% genuine and legit. And so she, her, her, she comes from the heart when she's trying to help people. And I like that. And I think we gravitate for people who have the same mindset. Yes. Okay. Yes, I agree. Ditto. Thank you. It's like, it. I, I know that all your patients are very lucky to have you. And um, I hope you have a virtual clinic that you get up and running because I want to send some patients your way who are not in Albuquerque, New Mexico. <laughs> cool. All right, Jane. So good to yeah. see you. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. Goodbye, and, everybody. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Uh, and I'll see you guys on the next episode.